0: Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we have hot deals for every budget. Buy three and you get the fourth tyre absolutely free on Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear and j And up to $150 instant cashback on Continental, Pirelli, Dunlop and the legendary Bob Jane Allrounder. Plus check out our hot deals on Beef Goodrich All-Terrain Co2s from only $249, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. and supply. apply. Long time, these
1: two do not like each other. There are two
2: parts of the story, as all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
3: Hi there, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We are powered by Race Fuels here, and my name is Grant Rowley. I've got a super special guest with me. His name is Cameron Hill. He races uh, a whole pile of things. You might have seen him recently at the Repco Bathurst 1000 competing in the coca-cola commodore he also races uh the super twos with the triple eights uh and uh, he also runs his own race team cameron hill how are you good mate thanks for having me oh mate not a problem not a problem um a uh a pretty you live a pretty busy racing life you race yourself you're the reigning uh porsche carrera cup australia champion you run your own race team. You won the Bathurst Six Hour this year. Do you ever not think about race cars? Uh,
1: so my girlfriend would say no, um, <laughs> which is a constant talking point. It certainly occupies a lot of what I think about. Um, but I also, you know, love what I do. So of course, um, you know, enjoy enjoy every aspect. Yeah, excellent.
3: Cool. Um, Mate, heaps to talk with you in this episode of Parked Up. Uh, Just a little later on, after I finish talking to Cam about all of his stuff, uh, we've got uh, a couple of cool chats that Mark Fogarty has done with um, a couple of guys that people might remember. It's uh, Garth Tander just won his uh, measly fifth little Bathurst 1000 and uh, a couple of other things as well. But uh, Cam... The floor is yours. Uh, you've uh, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Super Two to start with. And now you got this is this is your first year in Super Two. Uh, you're doing it with 8, and the news has kind of just broken today that they're not going to do Super Two next year. And I don't think it's because they don't like doing Super Two. It's probably because uh, they don't have any chassis. Uh, all of their cars have been um, uh, taken up by collectors and, uh, and other bits and pieces. So, um, it leaves a big fat question mark about what happens with Cam Hill in 2023. And, uh, the floor is yours for that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, obviously is a shame that triple eight won't be doing two for two next year. Um, it's been really great, uh, working with them this year. I, I've certainly learned so much about, um, I guess, supercar racing in general, they are, you know, quirky cars and, you know, triple eight are probably everyone can say the benchmark, um, you know, in, in, in the, in the, in the game. So, um, I've certainly learned a hell of a lot about what makes these cars tick. Um, so very, very, I guess, cool to be involved with that. But for me, um, obviously I'm going to have to find something, you know, a new, a new ride for, for next year, uh, and you know, I'm I'm putting my best foot forward to to try get a main game seat. There's not a lot going around this year. It seems like as far as silly seasons go, it's um I guess a tame one. Um so looking at, you know, if there's any possibilities there, but then, you know, obviously main game is the goal. So if, if it's not main game in twenty twenty three, you know, where can I put myself to I guess almost insure or, you know, give myself the best opportunity to have a man game drive the year after. So um, there's a fair bit to consider um, and it's not an easy answer. No, that's right. Hey, look, you've got, uh,
3: you've, you've had a pretty good year in S- Super 2 as well and so much focus has been on Declan Fraser as well. Just from uh, the, you know, the outside looking in, Declan obviously got the gig Uh, who's your teammate at Triple Eight, and he got the gig to be Craig Lowndes' teammate in the Super Cheap Auto wildcard for the most recent Bathurst 1000, uh, which was really cool for him. And he's uh, he's leading that title. There's only one round to go. Uh, Mate, you haven't been too far off where he's been at this year. The sand down uh, caused a, a, a little bit of frustration for you, which has kind of put you in... Uh, and Bathurst as well, put you in this uh, situation uh, that you're in now. But I guess um, first year in supercars, first year in a full-time supercars gig, you must be reasonably happy with uh, where this year has landed you.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been happy with I guess the speed uh, and you know how the year's gone. But I don't think the scoreboard is probably a true representation of. Where I belong, and um, probably a few others as well. Um, you have got to give credit to Declan; he's he's having a really good year. He's been consistent and and fast, so you know he's definitely putting putting together a good championship. Um, but and yeah, I've just had a few a few things not go my way. I got taken out at at uh, Eastern Creek. I got taken out at Sandown. Um, you know, but if we go on the last four qualifying performances, I've outqualified Declan. So. I, I sort of feel like in terms of speed, like I'm I'm right where I need to be, certainly for my first year in in Super Two. Um, but yeah, you just need a little bit of luck um, when it comes to winning championships. You know, when when you zig, you you, you know you needed not have zagged, I suppose, and and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with the speed, but yeah, just maybe haven't been able to show that show that
4: true um
1: potential yet cool okay well let's uh let's see what the
3: future brings for you mate um we're we're almost in november at this point so it's winning time it's winning time for the future um okay so uh, besides the the supercar stuff that you do you also keep your hand in motor racing through your own um uh, through your own race team, uh, you run a couple of Formula Fords in the national and state competition, based out of your uh, hometown there down in Canberra. Up in Canberra, depends where you live, and uh, you also uh, built a BMW M2 to win the uh, the High Tech Oil's Bathurst Six Hour this year. Man. You put it I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself compared to a whole bunch of other uh, super two or um, or you know other 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 young drivers who are looking to take the next step in their career you uh, you put a lot on your plate to to do this
1: yeah, I certainly it seems don't like doing things the easy way um, I like to make it as hard as possible <laughs> but Look, you know, in a way, it was sort of a necessity in the beginning. Um, you know, I, we we ran our own team so that I could compete and go racing. And, you know, what started as Formula Ford uh, for me, uh, which included a national title in 2015, moving on to the 86 series, which was, you know, um, a great couple of years there. We had a lot of success. And then moving into Porsche, like that was a big step up for for our little family team, um, and all the all along the way, we were just sort of building, you know, a good business model, um, and it it sort of flowed on from my success in former Ford led to us running um, customer cars in former Ford, um, and it's just kind of it's kind of grown. I, I sort of feel like because you know every sort of step along the way we've had to learn a new car, a new category, a new way of doing things. It's given us a really, I guess, deep understanding of you know how to how to run a Formula Ford and how to run a Carrera Cup car, and then for for me, obviously, the driving side, you know, I've I've had to go through that as well. So when it comes to running, um, you know, some young drivers in Formula Ford, uh, I sort of feel like what we offer is a a really great thing because we're we're right on top of making the cars go fast, and and I know exactly what the drivers are feeling because um, I, I i did it and i felt i felt exactly what they felt so um you know i can look at the footage and it's hard as a young driver sort of you don't really know what you want you haven't you don't, you don't have the experience you, you're just driving as fast as you can so having done it myself you know i can i can look and see okay well you know it looks like they're sort of struggling in this area i know the solution for that and, and that's why i feel like we um you know are, are, are going quite well in not just Formula Ford, but as well as, you know, sprint challenge this year with Tom, Tom Sargent, obviously he's been with us for a few years now and um, he, yeah, he's an exceptional talent and it's really cool to see he's getting an opportunity to, to chase his dreams overseas as well. So um, yeah, I I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, Um, but I'm also competitive. Like, uh, so is my dad, Colin, you know, we like to go racing. We like to, we like to go win races. So um, pretty cool. Last year we, we won the former Four Championship and Carrera Cup. So um yeah, I, I think we do we I think we punch above our weight for a little team. Yeah, very
3: good. Uh Peter Adderton is quite prolific and, and really out there on the social medias and in the media telling everyone how much he wants to secure a um the, the right to race in supercars. It's it it sounds like one day that you might like to do this and and run your own team in supercars—is that something that you, you know, down the track that you'd like to do? Uh,
1: don't get me wrong; there have been plenty of discussions had about, you know, the the idea of a a Canberra supercar team, and um, you know what that might look like, and you know, could could we do that? Um, I think it would be pretty cool, but with the way it's sort of structured at the moment. Um, it's pretty hard to crack in, you know, just with the the tenders. They used to be the wrecks. Um, they're very hard to come by. So unfortunately I don't think we're going to see many new, new entries come in, which I don't know. I, I, you know, you look at some of the Bathurst from yesteryear and how impressive is it when you have a 50 car grid, like, you know, it's quite a spectacle. And, yeah, you know, if you're in the position where you can, um, you know, turn up and race and, and race at a high level. Um, why why shouldn't you be able to?
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it, it would be cool to see. Uh, I guess uh, as race fans, we want to see as many cars compete in in any motor race as possible. Like a, a twenty six car field might be cool. A fifty car field is really cool. But um, yeah, and you don't have you only have to rewind the clock at you know only twenty years for for something at Mount Panorama to see big 45-car fields, and it's just something that, you know, we don't get to see. However, we still, you know, in modern era, we get to see uh, 25, 26, 28, whatever it might be, of, like, the best, the best cars, pretty much the best drivers that we have in this local region uh, come and compete. But, uh, look, I think Team Canberra has a nice little ring to it, um, and you're not too far from from many of those politicians there who might be able to, <laughs> to swindle you some cash to uh, to go and do it. They don't have a street race anymore, but they should have a supercars team, so I reckon your name could be all over that. Um, okay, uh, you've got... Um, so you mentioned so Formula Ford and uh, Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. You guys know how to strap cars together and really the... Um, the the best example of that is Tom Sargent this year. He stepped up from your Formula Four team, 2021. He won that title. He'd done it for a couple of years with you guys. Eventually, wrapped it up in 2021. He's got a nice little margin now with two rounds to go in Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. He's just been confirmed that he's going to go uh, and leave your team at the end, or leave Australia at the end of this year and go race over in America. With one of your against one of your rival teams, might I say, in the in the race, but a, a real big green tick there for you, that your driver has been uh, picked up to go and to to go and further his career offshore.
1: Yeah, it's um it's awesome for for Tom. It's a bit cheeky from Andy, uh, mm. you know, he he decides to steal our our talent, but what an amazing opportunity that um you know for for tom to go over there and it's an emerging market uh porsche carrera cup north america and you know he's he's got he's got the talent so um it's something i probably would have loved to have done you know years ago was go overseas and, and chase that dream so i'm really glad to see he's going to have that opportunity
3: yeah cool um okay so that's um that's a really awesome for tom and uh and and still you know something that you could still hold as a little badge for yourself um that you know you, he's come up through your ranks and through your system and uh now he's going to spread his wings and uh if he stuffs it up then it's all Andy's fault so uh, you've done you've done your bit <laughs>
1: exactly that's right i take i have no responsibility now um from from this point forward, but we can say, well, when when he left out, when he left us, he was pretty good. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, it'll be really great to see how uh, you know how he makes this transition to racing overseas. And and yeah, it's a proud moment. Like he, um, you know, it seems like yesterday we were out at Wakefield Park uh, learning how to shift gears, and you know, look at him go now.
3: Okay, cool. So Tom, is uh, he's on his own from here. Well, not quite on his own yet because he's still got two rounds to go in Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. Uh, a couple of really important rounds for him, Bathurst and Phillip Island, to round out that title. He's done an exceptional job uh, so far, but you've, you've really got him in the winning position. Speaking of winning positions, James Fisick. Is leading the Formula Ford title, and this weekend it will be rounded, rounded out, and we wrapped up at Sydney Motorsport Park. For whatever reason, the Australian Formula Ford series concludes on the same weekend that a supercars round is happening, like more than a thousand kilometres away. It, um, it's uh, it's disrespectful that uh, these things are clashing. However, however, uh, James, Jimmy. Is leading by 11 points. He's been leading since round four, and he's not turning up to the last round of the series at Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend. I know that you'll be there. You've got two cars running uh, for Zap, Zach Lobko and uh, Young uh, Imogen Radburn, who you'll enter in the uh, in the final round. But the guy who is leading the title is not coming to the last round he's decided to um, complete a a two or three day test over in britain with with high tech this uh, must be horrifically disappointing for you as a team owner to uh, to have to have put this guy in a position to win the australian formula ford title and it's not going to happen
1: yeah i I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't disappointed. I mean, um, we've had such a great year with Jimmy. Um, he stepped into the car that Tom won the championship in last year and uh, he found his feet very quickly. He's had some great results, um, you know, at the supercar round. Um, he almost nabbed Tim Blanchard at the very end and set the lap record, clean swept Eastern Creek. And he's just been putting together a, a great championship year. and. Uh, had a rough round at Tucktail and Bend. You know, um, I was really hoping for a strong round and we could have walked away with almost an insurmountable lead. But um, he had a rough one and Valentino, his main rival, um, he had a great round. So they, they're they coming into the last round quite close, but it's still Jim Jim's advantage. And, yeah, he they have an opportunity overseas to... Um, uh, race with high tech uh, in the British F4 next year and they have a pretty substantial testing program. And uh, yeah, he's, he's chosen to to test this weekend instead of, instead of see out the championship, which um, yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing for us at CHE because that would mean back to back former Ford titles if he was to win uh, and you know, our third title ever. And yeah, we, the reason we go racing is to, is, is to win. And um, yeah, it's disappointing, but again, yeah, I guess you can look at it the other way. At the same time, Jim's developed so much this year. He's gone over there and from what I've heard his his times have been really competitive and um, the team like what they see. So um, if it means we've helped another young guy um, take the next step and, and follow their dreams, then, then I'm really happy but I really would have loved to have grabbed another championship as well.
3: Yeah. Championships, they just don't come around very often. They, you know, you on a, on a, you know, the best you can do as a race car driver, you can win one championship per year. You typically enter one championship and you put your full focus into one championship per year. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm a um, maybe I'm a little old hat, but the Australian Formula Ford Championship or series or whatever it's whatever you want to call it, whatever it's called, is a prestigious title. It's something that we well, can look back through the record books, through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, uh, 2000, 2010. Doesn't matter what decade you look at, there are guys in that list who have gone on to particularly do very well in Australia, but um, even for some of them, at least go overseas and and have a good crack. And it's, uh, for me, really disappointing that um, that James hasn't given himself a chance to be on that list regardless of where... Uh, you know where he might go in the future. You know he could go on and be Australia's next Andrew Ricardo. He could come back and be Australia's next Jamie Winkup. Now, um, yeah, just a uh, just a bit of a shame, certainly for C H E Racing. You know, you guys could have had that chance to put another crown next to your name, uh, and a shame for him. Uh, you know, in the in the future as well, but. Um, yeah look I, if he's I going think, to become a I next think, I
1: think ten- Jim, I think Jim's got massive potential and he's going to do good things. Um, but yeah, I if it was me, I would want to be turning up overseas with the championship in my back pocket. I can hold my head high knowing that um, yeah, I, um, I tick you know I tick the box like I'm the best that Australia's got. Um, but I guess you know they see it that they need to be putting in more seat time. Um, I know that he's got a few important races coming up there later this year. So um, you have to respect what they've decided to do, but yeah, Australian former Ford, it's definitely the who's who of sort of Australian motorsport, isn't it? When you look at yep. the honours list.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, although there is a couple of who have, uh, who did disappear off the scene without doing too much, but it is few and far between it is more like uh, other than a couple of a couple of names in each decade that you go oh they won the title and disappeared pretty quickly but more often than not they've uh, yeah, stayed at a, a, a pretty high level. So um, yeah, look, I'm a I love Formula Ford. I know you love Formula Ford. You probably love it more than most because your name is actually on that on a roll list. So oh, thanks, uh, thanks for mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> but, No, it uh, it remain even though we've seen a uh, a number of incarnations of the championship over the past few years, it still does remain that really cool place that people. Young kids can go and harness that talent generally straight out of karting before launching into a a, yeah. a a full-blown circuit racing career.
1: You learn so much. The cars are really raw, really pure racing cars and they're hard to drive. They're hard to drive fast. I jumped in one probably 18 months ago and I only did 10 laps and I was like, fuck, like, you just forget how hard you have to hustle those cars and yeah, they're just... The perfect thing, the perfect perfect um, starting point, I think, for for any any racing career. Cool. Oh well,
3: well uh, let's see what uh, happens this weekend. Maybe everyone will score maybe like everyone zero points and we'll win. <laughs> uh, oh well, well, we'll we'll see what happens. What happens. We'll so see what maybe happens. Maybe
1: there'll be a biblical event like we've been seeing, and the whole weekend gets washed out. Well, not that I'm doing a rain dance, that's for sure.
3: There you there go. go. Cool. Um, okay, so uh, Porsche, Michelin, Sprint Challenge, uh, Formula Ford, the your, your CHE racing team does a lot. The one thing I haven't talked about much is the Bathurst 6-hour, which you and Tommy Sargent won, uh, seems like forever ago, We're back in April, but uh, you guys built that car from scratch. It was pretty late in the game that you had committed to doing it and you did it and you won it um, in some pretty extraordinary circumstances as well for two reasons. One, you qualified on pole, awesome. You got that pole lap time stripped away from you. Not awesome. Um, That was not awesome. But then you raced through the field in that six-hour race and uh, yourself uh, put a, uh, a pretty memorable move on Tim Slade very late in the stage, at a place at Mount Panorama where you don't typically make passing um, passing moves at Brock Skyline with the uh, with not many laps of that or not not many minutes of that race remaining. Um, that was an, an unbelievable little uh, tale that that unfolded in our 2022 season and probably doesn't get spoken about as much, uh, but but was certainly. Uh, Heroed at the time, um, will you come back for the 2023 Six Hour in that car?
1: the The sad answer is no. We we won't come back in in 2023. Uh, the car, it 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 its conception, it, its sole purpose in life uh, was to win the Bathurst Six Hour, and uh we we put. Uh, a two-year sort of time span on it. We thought yeah, first year, you know, that's going to be, you know, the learning, the, the shakedown and, and, and figure it all out. You know, we'll give it a good crack the following year. But um, we were, were a little bit ahead of schedule when we, um, when we won the race on debut. And, and honestly, the first serious sort of miles that that car did, it only had been shaken down two weeks prior. So it was a, a fairy tale um probably yeah everything that went right went right um and also the team was just incredible like the hours that went in to that car to get to the track i'd hate to tally them up um and then just on the day the execution all the all the pit crew the pit stops just uh, absolutely everything went right and nothing went wrong and, and we won the race, and I think we all sort of looked at each other and we went, I think we'd be tempting fate if we came back again. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: that's a, uh, that's a shame that you're not going to come back and do it, but, uh, you know, one, one race, one win, and, uh, and, and see you later. Um, cool, mate. Hey, uh, Cam Hill, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. Um, it would be remiss of me not to ask one more question. Now, I know you'd said at the very start that 2023 remains a question mark for you, but, you know, we've seen you win the Australian Formula Ford Championship. We've seen you win the Porsche Carrera Cup title and the Bathurst 6-hour, The next, and you've been racing in Super 2. The next big conquest on local shores is supercars. That Does that remain – that remains the key? If, if 2023 doesn't work out – 2024 however it might work out but that is the goal that is cam hill's sole focus from here
1: yeah that's absolutely my goal it's it's my ambition to you know be racing at the top level and um you know one day hopefully hopefully win a championship uh or win a bathus. we i sort of go well i've got the six hour now i've got two more to go um so I, i've got to get a move on um, so that's, yeah, that's the goal, man. Cool, mate. Okay, well,
3: there we go. You've heard it here first. Uh, Cam Hill, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, mate. Uh, all the very best at Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend. Um, it's obviously probably, it can't say obviously, but probably not going to be a championship year for you without your driver uh, saddling up for you in that, uh, in that Miguel Formula 4 chassis. I hope, your, I hope your other guys uh, go very well, uh, mate, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll no doubt hear from you and see from you real soon.
1: Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, thanks, Cam Hill, for a, uh, a really cool chat, one of the uh, underrated, unsung heroes of uh, the future of Australian motorsport. Now, we've got a couple of other really great chats that Mark Fogarty has done for Parked Up Plus, which we're going to run in their entirety. But before we get there, a very special message from our great friends at Race Fuels.
0: Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102 as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au.
3: There we go. Race Fuels will look after everything you need if you're at the track and you need fuel to get on with your motor racing. Now, Two chats that Mark Fogarty did. The first, we're going to lead off with Garth Tander. The great West Aussie, five-time Bathurst 1000 winner now. And Fogs grilled him with a whole bunch of questions. Don't rule him out from returning for the chance to try and win a sixth Bathurst crown in that uh, Gen 3 era of the Supercast Championship that we're about to enter in 2023. Here is Garth Tander and Mark
2: Fogarty. Well, Garth, I guess you've had a little time to reflect on what it means to become a five-time winner of the Bathurst 1000. So what does it mean?
0: Um, I'm still not entirely sure, but it certainly feels like The step from being fortunate enough to have four wins to then being extremely fortunate enough to have five is reasonably significant because I only recently found out there's only six other people that have achieved that over the um, history of the race. And um, I'm a big fan and student of the history of car racing and obviously Australian car racing and and a big part of that is Bathurst. So to be um, part of that in such a significant way is, is, is serious. It's pretty serious. And, and that's still not sinking in to be honest.
2: Well, if you weren't already, this makes you a supercars legend.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Don't know about that. Um, and that's for others to, um, to discuss and, and debate. Um, for me, I just um, enjoy being part of um, of the series, of the championship still. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I still am very, very close to the championship in my, in my TV capacity. And then I get the opportunity to race in the best race of the year with a very, very good team and a very, very good co- uh, teammate in Shane. So um, all the other stuff, um, is is appreciated and um, and um, and acknowledged, but I just uh, I just enjoy the ride.
2: It's often said, Garth, that winning just one Bathurst 1000 changes your life. <laughs> well, with five, um, that must make a big difference. I mean, it comes at least with a certain amount of fame, doesn't it?
0: Um, Yes, I guess it does. Um, So that's never really been at the forefront of my mind as far as um, um, the fame aspect or the infamy, if you like. Um, You're right in the fact that winning Bathurst certainly changes your life. And, And I remember saying that to both well, to all, to Will Davison when we won in 2009, to Nick Perkatt in 2011, and then obviously to Shane in 2020. Um, Because it does. I mean, I I think within the industry, we all accept that winning the championship is a significantly more challenging task, given that it's over 12, 13, 14 weekends, whatever it may be for that particular year, over multiple disciplines, multiple racetracks, Um, multiple events so that's within the industry I think it's widely regarded that winning the championship is a very very tough challenge but when you walk down the when you walk down Collins Street in Melbourne or you walk down Pitt Street in Sydney on Monday after winning the championship not a lot of people will realize what you achieved the day before but when you win Bathurst and you walk through the CBD of Melbourne or the CBD of Sydney on the Monday after a lot of people are aware of what you achieved the day before when you win at Bathurst because so many people have a passing interest in that race. I mean, it's, I don't watch any other horse races throughout the year, but I watch the Melbourne cup and, and Bathurst is like that for sporting fans in Australia and and globally that you might not watch every championship race, but you will have a passing interest in Bathurst. Um, and that's why I feel that that race changes your life.
2: Okay, let's look ahead. So, what's the future for you as far as race driving is go- as race driving goes? Will you be co-driving again at least next year?
0: Um, oh, I'm I'm looking at that. I mean, no rush to make any decisions. Um, certainly, um, I have a great. Um, relationship with, with Shane and a great relationship with everyone at triple eight and red bull Ampole racing. So, um, yeah, look, we're working through that at the moment, but there's no, um, no urgency, I guess, to get anything done. Um, um, I, th- um, I, my, my intention is to continue to drive. I see a couple of journos are trying to retire me off for some reason. I'm not too sure why, but, um, uh, yeah, I feel like my performance as a driver on the weekend at Bathurst was as good as I've done since I've transferred to being a co-driver. Um, so from a execution point of view, um, I feel like I'm as driving as well as ever. Uh, and um, I'm really enjoying the team environment. So um, I need to make sure that it all lines up with my, my television broadcast role um, and making sure that all fits together. Um, And that's just what we're working through right now.
2: It sounds like there's a deal on the table if you want it. Is that a fair summary? Um, I've got lots of options, folks. With Triple Eight particularly?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And, of course, well, whether you continue or not, and I'm certainly not wishing you not to continue, but there's there's always the other option of... um, what you've also been doing is is driving in GTS and things like that, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, um, and I enjoy that. But I, I've scaled that back this year because I um, I'm wanting to spend more time with the kids with their karting and their racing. So, you know, when you couple fourteen weekends a year for supercars with with um, television commitments and and Bathurst. And then if I did the full GT championship, that's another six or seven weekends, you're starting to get up to 20 plus weekends away from home. um, And the kids' karting is becoming more and more um, serious and more and more um, committed. So I wanna make sure that I um, have got time to spend with them as well to do what they wanna do. So um, I've scaled that back. I'll only do three GT races this year. Um, And if the opportunity arises next year, I'd probably do something similar.
2: Okay, so while you're here, after the recent Bathurst 1000, there's been some discussion about whether co-drivers should be starting the race. Now, leaving aside any safety question, just on general principle, I'd be interested to get your view, and there could be obviously exceptions, (laughs) particularly with people like yourself. But what's your view? Do you think for our biggest race at our most famous track that the stars generally should be starting that race?
0: Um, I think our sport has a problem where we have so many rules and so many regulations that for the biggest race of the year, including even where we have probably the biggest percentage of casual observers of the sport, that we don't need to make the sport even more technical and even the more difficult to follow. So I don't feel that we need to inc- include any more regulations um, around it. I mean, even a casual observer, I mean, the, the the minimum 54 laps for a co-driver rule has been there forever and that's fair enough, but even a casual observer would sit back and go, why does that driver only, you know, why is that, why is there a minimum? Why can't they just do half and half or, or something like that? Because, It's not like Bathurst has only just transitioned to be a single driver race. It's been a dual driver race for the best part of, you know, 30, 40 years. So um, there's no regulation that says you must start your co-driver. So all those that questioned co-drivers starting the race and those within teams weren't forced to start their co-driver. They chose to start their co-driver because they felt that that was the best strategy for them for the race long-term. And then when it went pear-shaped afterwards, started questioning it. So hindsight's a wonderful thing, but there's no, I don't believe there needs to be a rule that enforces any particular driver does any particular part of any
2: race. Okay. But just as a general look.
0: Stars finish the race, mate. Stars finish the race. But shouldn't they
2: start as well? I mean, you know, the start is the second biggest moment, isn't it? Why?
0: Doesn't it add no. another part of it? Doesn't it add another part of intrigue to the race?
2: Oh yes, it, it does. But well, it just occurs to me that, say, in an AFL or NRL grand final, you don't start the big match with, uh, you know, with your reserve bench.
0: Yes, but you also only as a percentage of the players. So take AFL for example. There's 20 players on the field, and there's only four players on the bench. So as a percentage. The co-drivers. So, if you say the subs is such a minor part, whereas in Bathurst, the co-driver is fifty percent of the driving roster, so they have to do a fair chunk of the race at some point. So, I understand that the stars and and you know, I, and I am no longer one of the stars, so I get it. But um, I, I feel that we have too many regulations around our sport, and it's too hard to follow for the casual observers. So just adding more regulations and adding more complexity to the strategy. Because if we if you made the regulation around that at the start, it would make the middle part of the race so complex that it would be incredibly difficult to follow. So then we always get in the race, those that watch it on TV, there's always a period where people switch off, they go to sport, they go to lunch, they go and do such and such. They're more likely to switch off even more if they go, oh, geez, this is too hard to follow. I'm just going to go and do something else. And they might not come back and watch the climax of the race the highest rating part of the race which is the end not the start
2: fair point as I would expect from you very logical um and the other point what about allowing you know regular drivers you know to form combinations again um
0: yeah i'm not too fast on that either way um uh I feel like we made this rule, or this rule was in ma- was made, to make sure there was more cars, um, in the race, so more competitive cars in the race. Because if you do it now, twenty six cars, twenty five cars, sorry, um, and you put all the primary drivers together, you instantly cut them that down to twelve cars as as red hot cars to win the race, and then well, 12 cars, as in 12 cars full of primary drivers, if you say that all the primary drivers can can team up. And then you probably say, well, in reality of those 12 primary driving combinations, drivers and teams that are genuinely capable of winning the race are cut down to like four. So um, whereas since we've split the primary drivers and co-drivers, there's realistically on paper with experience and team capability, there's usually eight to 10 cars that are capable of winning the race um, with equipment, experience and driver combinations. So um, that's why that rule was brought in and I understand that. Um, But I I just feel like you you instantly cut the numbers of, of available race winners within the grid And that, and I feel like, and it's hard for me to quantify that because I'm a co-driver now, not a primary driver, but I feel like if I was a primary driver, I'd probably still have the same uh, viewpoint um, because I think it's better for the sport to have that. I think if you want to change any significant rules within the race, I would change the current lucky dog rule where every car one lap down gets a lap back. I would modify that to be the same as what NASCAR do, whereas it's the first car one lap down gets that lap back. Because at the moment, it's not a lucky dog rule. It's an every dog rule. So, um, you know, if you're one lap down, you need to race the other cars that are one lap down to get yourself in that position to be able to then get your car back on the lead lap. If you want to change any significant rules, that's the one I'd be looking at.
2: Indeed. And in fact, it should be the lucky duck rule. Not lucky dog to use the Australian no, I vernacular. Called, I
0: think it was called lucky dog because some sort of dog food sponsors copied, sponsored it in America and then that, that one stuck.
2: Yeah, but the Australian vernacular is lucky duck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but folks, if you're of a certain age. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. I'll take that stab and on that note. Thank you, Garth Tander. <laughs>
3: And thank you, Mark Fogarty. Thank you, Garth Tander, for your time on Parked Up. Now, we've got uh, got one more chat here. Now, Mark Fogarty also spoke to Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, this weekend, is competing not in a supercar. He's not on the Gold Coast. He is competing in France. And over in the Paul Ricard circuit, the south of France, they are racing in the FIA Motorsport Games. Now, they're going to hand out a whole bunch of gold medals to motor racing drivers. It's not something that you typically hear about. Usually, they uh, race car drivers just get up there and spray their champagne, get their garland or trophy, and move on. But this weekend in France, all countries, uh, a lot of countries are competing against each other to race for gold medals, silver medals, and even some bronze medals as well. And we've got some really great, cool Aussies who are going to give it their very, very best. Matt Campbell is one of them. He's racing in the GT component of, uh, of that competition. They've got eSports, they've got drifting, they've got TCR. We've got Aaron Cameron over there racing in TCR, so that, that'll be really great to, uh, to see. Hopefully he comes home with a gold Matt Campbell is one of our best chances for a gold. He's going to be racing uh, the Grove Racing uh, Porsche over in France. And Mark Fogarty spoke to him at length before he stepped into that Grove Porsche. So here it is.
2: Matt Campbell, welcome to Parked Up. Matt, it's been a big year for you already. Um, Now you're one of the... Team Australia representatives at the FIA Motorsport Games. How big a deal is that for you? Um, Yeah, I mean,
4: thanks for for having me, firstly. I mean, uh, it's something quite unique. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, it's a a new thing to the the motorsport world with the FIA Games. Uh, I think now this is its third or fourth year, and... And this is also the first year where, where pros are involved in the GT side of things with, uh, with the sprint event. So something quite unique and, and something a little bit different. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It will be my first time. And, and also now starting to hear about some of the uh, other drivers uh, that will be in the event for their uh, their countries. Uh, many, many familiar faces and, and guys are race against uh, all over the world. So it should be an exciting event and, and something that will be a first
2: And you're, as it were, teaming up with the Groves, Stephen and Brenton. Uh, They're in the uh, Pro-Am class, of course, in the Mini Enduros. But you'll be driving the same car and uh, wearing that famous boxing kangaroo yeah
4: exactly it should, uh, it should be a lot of fun i mean uh, it's quite funny um obviously i've raced for the groves in the last couple of years in the in the supercars championship and and raced against them for many years in Crow cup australia and gd3 cup challenge and and mini baths 12 hours and so forth but this will be our, our first event actually working together obviously throughout the weekend uh in in their races and and practices and everything I'll, I'll be trying to to help them as much as possible obviously uh by now i've got a lot of experience with this particular car racing everywhere over the world so we should be uh, starting off on the right foot, I think, for sure. You know, the, the car's always been very fast and poor a car. With uh, the last couple of years when I've raced in GD World Challenge, uh, we've uh, I think we've finished first and second. So I think we've got a good base to start with, and uh, hopefully I can
2: uh, help them uh, get up to speed as quickly as possible. <laughs> and Team Australia, what do you think? A medal chance? Um, yeah, I, I don't see why not. So I think... Uh, I think we, we can definitely go for it.
4: Uh, obviously, Brenton and, and, and Stephen have uh, have had a medal before, I think in Battle Lunga, two years ago. Uh, and obviously with the uh, new format, I'd, I'd love to get my hands on one. You know, it's something quite new to the motorsport world and, and something nice to have next to your name. So uh, yeah, it'll be awesome to, to team up with uh, Team Australia and, and also see uh, all the fellow Australians in the various other categories like Aaron Cameron and TCR and so forth. So uh should be very cool and hopefully we'll be able to all uh, spend a bit of time together.
2: As I said, it's been a big year for you. You uh, wrapped up the driver's title in the IMSA GT class. And of course, well, as well as coming back to Bathurst for the 1000, um, you were signed up um, for the Porsche Penske assault uh, on sports car racing next year with the, uh, uh, well, the 963 and it's... um, transatlantic variations um as I said well it's a big year and but it's an even bigger year looking forward isn't it yeah very much so I mean
4: uh I think it's really been a busy past uh, few years for myself with with Porsche and our commitments uh, obviously racing in the various championships all over the world um and this year um being slightly different as well and, and a bit of a, a nice change only sort of having the the one main program this year, obviously, being the, the IMSA Championship in GDD Pro with FAF Motorsports and and my teammate, Matthew Gemini, and then uh, Felipe Nasser for the endurance races. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed uh, racing in the IMSA Championship. You know, I've never done a full program, only, only partial programs for endurance races. So, to be able to have the year we did, uh, you know, it's been phenomenal and, and really enjoyed myself and, you know, been very busy, obviously, as you mentioned, the uh, the Porsche Penske stuff with the 963 is uh, building up now. We're doing a lot of testing at the moment, uh, coming to the end of the year, getting getting ready for next year. Obviously, the first race the car will be in, uh, in Daytona at the 24. So, uh, yeah, really exciting. Making the step uh, to the top level of endurance racing with Porsche was uh, always a dream of mine when I when I first joined them. Uh, obviously, at the time, they were still in the LMP1 program. And now for them to come back, uh, especially with uh, the Penske group, you know, two iconic brands joining together again at the top level of endurance racing, and uh, for myself to to be a part of it, it's uh, it's quite surreal and and something uh, I'd always dreamed of, but never thought it would have happened So, uh, looking forward to next year. Uh, I don't know yet uh, which championship I'll be racing in, either either in IMSA or uh, or in WEC. But um, yeah, it's uh, exciting times, and and really enjoying the. The uh, testing so far and, and experience in the car, obviously it's so different to what I'm normally used to with the with the GT cars, a lot to adapt to and get used to still, uh, especially on systems and software side, but uh, enjoying the challenge and, and working with uh, such iconic uh, brands and, and groups
2: together. And as we speak, you're involved in a, a big testing program with the Porsche 963, I believe um, at the moment, you're in Sebring. Um, how is testing going? And and well, how and how is it to drive that car, which sounds like an awesome piece of kit?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously uh, the car is quite different uh, to what I'm used to coming from the from the GT. Um, but uh, feeling comfortable already uh, with uh, let's say minimal time in the car. So feeling comfortable, you know, for me. And, and I think also for, for all of the drivers and also the team, it's just a matter of getting up to speed on software and getting an understanding and, and how to to use those uh, tools to our advantages and, and get an understanding of them. So that'll still take some time, but uh, that's the same for, for everyone, like I said, but uh, yeah, really enjoying the car. Big step up for myself. Um, obviously they're, they're quite different also to the previous generation, let's say the, the LMP1 cars um, with the regulations, you know, they're a lot heavier. Uh, less arrow, um, a a spec tire, and and obviously in the LDH we have controlled components like the the battery, MGU, and also the uh, the gearbox. So very very cool to be a part of uh, the testing and development phase, ready for next year. And uh, yeah, as you said, we have uh, currently I'm in Sebring. We have our thirty-six hour in endurance test, and uh, so far it's going well. Obviously we're only a, a few hours into it at the moment as we speak, but uh, so far so good. And and uh, enjoying our time, obviously, it's a perfect place to be able to do an endurance test. It's a brutal track, very bumpy and uh, really put the, the car for its paces.
2: And of course, from next year, sports car racing, top level sports car racing um, on either side of, well, either in IMSA or in the WC. With all these brands coming in, it's, it's going to be an exciting time, possibly a new golden era for sports car racing.
4: Yeah, exactly. I think you, you summed it up well um, with the sort of new golden era of, of sports car racing. And and for me, I also have the, the same opinion of that. You know, it's very cool with uh, so many manufacturers coming back to the to the top level. Uh, and, you know, obviously for myself with Porsche joining, it's a fantastic opportunity and, and something I'd always dreamed of, but never thought it would necessarily happen. So it's going to be very, very cool in the first couple of years. Obviously, we have the hypercars as well, uh, all racing together for... For the top class uh, in the biggest and, and best races of the world like Daytona 24 and, and Le Mans and so forth so uh, exciting times um, you know I'm sure there'll be a couple of new manufacturers coming along as well which will make it even more exciting but uh, yeah I don't think we've ever seen something quite like this in the, the history of, of sports cars and endurance racing so to
2: be a part of it yeah, it's, uh, it's quite surreal indeed it'll be very exciting I'm sure and uh Next year, can we expect to see you racing back here in Bathurst 12 Hour and the Bathurst 1000, or maybe even both? Um, yeah, I hope both,
4: for sure. I mean, uh, we'll have to wait and see for the Bathurst 12 Hour. I'm not too sure what Porsche's plans are. Obviously, uh, I think it was only two days ago that uh, the event announced that it'll be back to pro. Uh, obviously, it wasn't able to come this year. There was no Porsche cars uh, involved, but hopefully uh, they'll enter a couple of pro cars next year, and Obviously, I'd have very good chances of being part of that. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, you know, i be the first one putting up on my hand and, and pushing for it. You know, it's one of my favourite events to, to come and do, you know, around my favourite track. And and obviously, I don't get to come back home much, so it's a good excuse. And then, as you touched on as well, um, with the Supercar event, um, you know, the last uh, two years with with Groves, obviously this year with Dave, which unfortunately uh, didn't go to plan in, in the race um, with... with uh, an accident uh, early on, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I really enjoy my time in the Supercars Championship and, and also this year. Um, we had such a strong weekend leading up to the race, so have a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable. Uh, and if the option presents itself, uh, hopefully I can be back. Obviously, uh, it's all up to the calendar and my Porsche commitments come first. But if there's a uh, a free date in my Porsche calendar and lines up, I'll, I'll definitely try and come back, so.
2: And that would be pretty interesting as well because I guess as a driver, Gen 3 would excite you. Yes,
4: very much so. I mean, uh, obviously, everyone's starting off from the same foot again. Uh, obviously, Groves are, are putting a, a lot of focus into the future in, in Gen 3. You know, we've had a, a lot of stuff change in the last sort of 12 months, obviously, with now the, the Groves taking full uh, ownership of the team. And uh, it's very cool to see the progression uh, and, and how things have evolved in, in such a little time since uh, I was with them last year. You know, there was uh, no question, but last year when I was with them, they were they were struggling and uh, the Bathurst 1000 event was uh, very difficult for us, whereas when I come back this year and I got the chance to also do a test at Winton leading up to the race and, and they've made huge steps uh, on the car, but also in team and, and uh, the way they work. So uh, it's very cool to, to see their progression and obviously they're getting ready for uh, next year in Gen 3. So everyone's starting off on the same foot and I think it'll be similar to what we saw in 2013 when it was the uh, introduction of car of the future you know we we saw uh, everyone very very close and uh you know with the new regulations there's uh, less development involved as well so uh, I think we'll it will make for fantastic racing
3: thank you Matt Campbell thank you Mark Fogarty you can hear more from Fogs every Monday 5 p.m. Pucked Up Plus, the latest news, the latest views, the latest of whatever Fogues brings us, Uh, and you can hear from us every Thursday as well. My name's Grant Rowley. Enjoy your week.
1: You've just listened to another Network R production.